Happy 2020, podcast world. Happy New Year, everyone. It is our first episode of 2020. We are now in the 20s. Wow. Isn't that weird? Um, okay, before we start, I wanted to read a review that we've recently received and remind everyone, if you will rate and review our show, that helps bump up our listenership. We got a review from Liz Hall 85 that says, I just listened to the latest episode with Cheryl Bates. My girls are not teens yet, but I spend a good time worrying about the dating years. Thank you for sharing. I saved the episode. I shared it with my village. Thank you for this podcast. It's wonderful. Thank you, Liz Hall. That's so nice. Thank you so much. We're so glad that you're listening to Afraid Not. And it's so encouraging to hear that great review from you. So if you'll, if you want to help us out, if you can go to Apple iTunes and I mean any platform and review it, but also, especially Apple iTunes helps bump that up. So there you go. And everyone, this is the 31st episode of Afraid Not. We're so happy you're tuning in today to listen. And we have an amazing guest for you today, Paula Cummings, who's a friend of mine that I've had the pleasure of knowing for the past probably 13 or 14 years, and she's an amazing, godly woman sharing some wisdom with us today. I'm so excited about this episode. Um, Paula has a heart for girls and a heart for teens, and in my line of work, it's just vital what she's doing, and I'm so excited to share her story with you all. One of the things that is so meaningful about what Paula shares, it really touched my heart and reminded me how important it is to live my life with margin, not taking up every single second of every single moment I'm awake, but intentionally leaving margin ready for divine appointments that the Lord has for me so that I have those moments ready and open to share with someone, to be the light of Jesus for someone, and not have the I'm too busy pushing it aside. So I really warmed to that and needed to be reminded of that in our conversation. And I'm excited for you all to hear about Paula's. She takes these girls in. She doesn't have a fear of um, their past, and she just loves them. So it's going to be a good one. So listen in. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. We are so glad to have you. We've been talking about trying to do this for a long time, and I just thank the Lord that He worked it out. And here you are, and we're about to have this conversation. So, Paula, thanks for taking the time out of your life and your family's activities to come and share your story on Afraid Not. Yeah, we've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. We're excited. Would you get us started tonight with just introducing yourself a little bit, let our listeners know who you are and kind of what makes you tick? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I'm Paula Cummings, and I'm married to Chad. We've been married for 21 years, and we have three kids, um, Claire, Cole, and Caleb, and we span from eighth grade to fifth grade to second grade, and we stay very busy. Um, I'm a homeschool mom right now, and uh, we stay very uh, busy being involved at church. Um, I help lead the women's ministry at the Calvary Campus at First Baptist Church, Owasso, and I help um, teach and direct with Chad, um, an adult class at that campus as well. Um, I have a passion for mentoring and for discipleship of young women and even more recently, women of all ages that God has put in my path. And that's been really exciting. But uh, we've only uh, lived here in Owasso for two years now. Uh, before that, we were in Oklahoma City for 11 years. 
And before that, uh, we're from the Panhandle from te- in Texas, and uh, that was home. Still is home. All our family is there. So we're in the, we call Oklahoma our mission field. <laughs> yeah. For all these years. Uh-huh. That's good. That's yeah. a good mission field. <laughs> so you grew up in Texas? Yes. Yeah. Both of us were born and raised in Amarillo is where oh, we're okay. from. Yeah. And I love the sweet story of how the Lord brought you to your husband. So would you just tell our listeners the sweet, fun story? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, I'm pretty sure Chad um, saw me before I saw him. And so the story goes that I was in ninth grade and I played basketball. He was in 10th grade and played football. And due to an injury he had, he happened to be inside the gym where ninth grade girls, we were doing circuits and weights. And he spotted me. I never even noticed him in there. Um, I don't know why, um, but I was, you know, but he saw me. But what happened was the little church that I had been um, attending and going to with my friend uh, got a new music minister um, after Christmas of my ninth grade year. And it happened to be Mike Cummings, and that was Chad's dad. And so his family came to this church. He saw me one Sunday night and was like, oh, I've got to meet her. And so he walked <laughs> over so mature-like and shook my hand. And I'm pretty sure I just kind of giggled and so said, sweet. Yeah, and said something this silly. This is a ninth-grade boy. Um, t- he was 10th grade. grade. I was in ninth grade. But still, but he's offering his hand. Oh, he was, yeah. Sweet. I mean, shirt tucked in, hair combed. Yeah, he's always been <laughs> that guy. <laughs> so. And I also love it. Would you tell about how, um, as you dated and and your relationship became even more special, that the relationship with his family was really special, oh, even with it, his mom, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's been um, key for my whole life and completely paved the way and, and pointed me into the direction that God had me and my calling, even. So um, Chad's mom was my Sunday school teacher. She taught high school girls. It was a little church, so it was just one high school teacher for girls and one for guys. Um, And um, she, Donna, uh, was amazing. She loved the word. Um, She was my mentor. I could go to her for anything. She taught me so many things practically, but um, helped me to grow spiritually. Um, I was a brand new believer. I had just placed my faith in Christ um, in September of my ninth grade year. So I met this, you know, the whole family right after that. But I spent a lot of time in their home. I lived life with them and she was always available, always encouraging. And, you know, being a teenage girl and just uh, so unsure and having so Mm -hmm. much insecurity, um, she helped me to see what it meant to live in Christ and built my confidence, and it changed me forever. Um, In fact, it even led me to hunger more, and by the time I was in 11th grade, um, I even surrendered to a call to ministry. Um, So, uh, yeah, his family played a huge role in my life all through high school in growing me closer to God. So did you not really grow up in a in a Christian home? Um, we just my family because of my parents' jobs. We just didn't attend attend church regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember mostly like Easter, Christmas, and when I was really little, some we attended. My mom had uh, three major surgeries when I was really little, like um, kindergarten, first grade that put her in a hospital bed for a lengthy amount of time. Um, in fact, myself and my three sisters, we helped take care of her at home in her hos- in the hospital bed. My dad traveled for work. He was a railroader. Um, so we just, uh, we sporadically went, mm-hmm. but there was not a- an atmosphere or a culture inside my home that was Christ-centered. Right. I didn't, I didn't really know who Jesus was. Um, I wasn't, un- I was unsure of the gospel until I started attending church in fifth grade with a friend. And the little church I went to was very clear on the gospel. And over the next three years of middle school, it just got in me. 
and I finally, I finally gave in. God was calling me and tapping on my heart, and I surrendered in ninth grade, and that's when, you know, I met Chad and his yeah, family. So it's mm-hmm. a good, good place to be. It's yeah. a great, great part of your story. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if you would tell us. I know that you shared you have three kids, mm-hmm. and your role as a mom has been really important as how you've seen ministry in the home and ministry out of the home. And I wondered if you would talk about how you've navigated that and what God has done and how he's shown you the path to take. Oh, yeah. That's um, that's something I'm pretty passionate about. That's been um, a big journey. Prior to having kids, um, God took me deeper into a journey of figuring out specifically where my place was, you know, in serving him. And I had the opportunity to work um, extensively with teenagers, with young people, and just loved it. Um, I actually taught public school. I taught middle school for six years. Um, And then I also, at my church in Amarillo at that time, served as kind of the lay girls minister. I taught seventh grade girls. And when I would get around these these girls, I can't even explain it. I would just come to life. I just connected Mm -hmm. with them. And it was something beyond me. Um, and just loved spending time with them. Um, and we, Chad and I were married eight years before Claire was born. And so I had a lot of years of opportunity of time to be pouring into these other girls. These were, you know, like daughters to me that God had put into my life. And so then once, uh, once Claire was born, I was excited, you know, I could not wait to be a mom and was thrilled but was still, my heart was still in wanting to serve and, and spend time with teenagers. So how do I do this now? I have this this newborn baby that's, you know, mine. And I was I quit teaching to be a stay-at-home mom. And so what does this look like now? How do I, you know, do both of these together? And and God was faithful to show me um, that they don't have to be separate. They can be, they're woven together. You don't even necessarily mm-hmm. have to balance them separately. They do go together. Um but uh, I think becoming a mom, it was a little bit of a rocky start because that marked our first move to Oklahoma City. Um, Claire was only six weeks old. It was a lot of changes. I had just quit my job in Texas, left that ministry. You know, we basically uprooted, left everything we knew. There was a lot of grieving. And then I had just had a baby, unexpected C-section. Um, and then I got an infection. It was just boom, boom, boom. And it sent me into a place I had never been before. I was experiencing a little bit of depression and some anxiety. Didn't even recognize it because I had not walked that road before. Sure. But um, definitely. That's a lot. That yeah, a it was. Lot. It was yeah. so much. Keep on naming those things. I know. Just one after the other. I know. And, um, but and all your family was there. And you yes, we left them. all our family. Mm-hmm. Everybody we had. So new city, new, you know, new place. Um, had not found our church home yet. It was just kind of a dark place, but mm-hmm. but again, God was faithful to deliver me. You know, um, He let me walk through that and taught me so much through that. You know, it made it caused me to depend on Him. I had nobody else. You know, what is, what is it right. like to have everything stripped away? You know, is and you know, is Jesus enough? I found out He's my enough. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, we became That's best so friends during that time, um, and. Um, so even though being an extrovert and I love people and I'm very relational, that was so hard for me. I felt lonely and by myself a lot. And, and Chad had to travel a lot for work at that time. Um, I began over time, I, I cling to the Lord and, um, and his word. And I found I began to be okay with the quiet, with the just me and, and God. 
And actually on the other side of it, I crave that more than ever now. I, I value and appreciate that retreat time, that time when it's just me and him mm-hmm. because it feeds my soul. It grows me. It draws me closer to him. And it definitely matured me. But I, I did kind of uh, struggle with, I was ready to go. I wanted to do girls ministry. I wanted to serve. I just knew he had moved to Oklahoma City so I could be on staff somewhere and you know, doing all these things and just doors were not opening and I couldn't understand why. But God was so sweet to plug me into an incredible church community, um, wonderful biblical community there with lots of godly women who pointed me to truth, older women, women my own age. And he was even sweet enough to allow me the opportunity to begin to disciple and mentor some um, ninth and 10th grade girls at my church. And this is where we met. This is where I met you, Robin. Yes. yes. This is where, at Council oh, Road. Baptist Church. Yes, this too. is my church. And um, it was incredible how God... Um, God tended to my deepest needs there um, on in every way. And those ninth and 10th grade girls were so special because um, God was kind to, to let me know, I see you and I know your heart and I know this is your desire. But he knew I needed to work through some things and grow. Um, and I needed godly women in my life. I needed to be doing ladies Bible study. Um, and I did, boy, I mean, Thursday mornings for years, um, I was just immersed in the word with other women and and then getting to also have these girls, they would come over when Chad would travel. They loved to come spend the night and hang out, and they would play with Claire. And she was definitely a part of all of that. Um, and it was just a sweet time. And I got to kind of walk with those girls all through high school and even stayed with some of them through college. Um, and uh, so God was kind to let me to do ministry in that capacity. Um, now, while I was um, also at Council Road in the middle of all of this, it was at a retreat. I was w- uh, with you, Robin. Yes, um, that women's retreat. Yes, the women's retreat. Yes. Um, I think it was 2007. And we went, and Kathy Beckman from House of Healing came and spoke, and she was sharing. I think it was one of the first times she was ever sharing about House of Healing. This. I and my heart was tugged, and I thought, I was listening to her. I was like, I think I should be a part of this. But I didn't know what that looked like. And I was still healing from postpartum and just, mm-hmm. I, was, I was kind of a mess. But there was this thing inside of me that was like eager and hungering to to do what God had called me to with young ladies. Um, and I met and talked to Kathy, but but nothing really happened at that point. House of Healing was still brand new. She honestly was still figuring out what does this look like and what do I do when I have volunteers come and say they want to help. But it was later in 2011 when she spoke again and I met, uh, I met with her. I knew I was like, I need to talk to her. And I began to be involved with House of Healing, volunteering, um, started out serving on the board, and ended up wearing um, many different hats. You sure did. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about House of Healing. What what exactly is that? Okay, so House of Healing is um, a faith-based organization that helps um, teenage girls in need of a fresh start. It's a very proactive uh, program and ministry. We want to reach young ladies before they start taking a path that's going to be destructive. Uh, We want to offer them the hope that we have. And um, the heartbeat of, of House of Healing is about living life together. It's through mentoring. And it has grown incredibly. It has come so far from those days to now. Um, I would say that um, the centerpiece of the program now is the equine therapy that they do. But they incorporate mentoring with the equine therapy. It's incredible what they're doing. equine therapy the horse, mm-hmm. horseback riding? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. It is amazing. Um, I have not really been around horses a whole lot, you know, in my life. And, and that just wasn't my my thing. But as I witnessed and watched and would see girls get involved with this, it is unbelievable what it does for them. It builds confidence. Um, it just opens up doors. Um, it's, 
it's incredible. Those girls get connected to those horses and they find value and purpose, but we're weaving in their opportunities for relationship to talk about um, who God is and who they are and who God says they are, uh, point them to truth, um, and ultimately, you know, sharing the gospel with them that there is no hope outside of Christ. Um, just an incredible ministry, and God has been faithful and um, it has come a long way, but I got to be on the front end. I got to be on the start of it. And and one of the greatest things that I, uh, one of my favorite, definitely favorite things at House of Healing that I got to do, I was there six years um, participating, was um, I had the freedom and the joy to launch a mentor program there. And it's called Authentic Girl Mentoring. It's still part of House of Healing. Um, and I, I already had a passion for mentoring and for discipling young women, but to be um, that uh, engaged in it and to, we would pair a woman with a girl for a year, a, a year long commitment. And, and my role was to come alongside those mentors and encourage them and disciple and, and, uh, train them. And then they would be pouring into the girls. Kathy and I both kind of did that with the, um, the mentors and to see that played out, to see it change lives, uh, was incredible. Um, I remember there was a, a conference, Kathy and I went to, um, I think it was at Crossings Community Church where Rich Van Pelt was speaking, and he um, he has authored a book about teens helping teens in crisis. He was a youth minister um, in Colorado when Columbine happened, um. and he travels and um, helps other youth workers or parents, anybody working with young people, how to deal with crisis. And do you know what the name of the book is? Um, it's we can look it up. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll have All it linked. Right. I can in the, see it. It's I'll like, link it, it in the show notes. on the front. Yeah. Um, it's like helping teens in crisis. Um, it's been a while since I pulled it off my shelf. But the thing that he said that really spoke to me, he said, the, he said this. He said, the number one way you can battle teen suicide, that you can come against it, is to provide one safe, um, dependable, consistent adult in that child's life or in that student's life. And, one um, safe, dependable yeah. I mean, one adult. adult will say, just having somebody that they can turn to, that they know they can turn to, um, will literally save a life. So after, you know, being at House of Healing for six years, um, it was just an incredible journey to see the lives of teenage girls being transformed. And, um, and I began to grow and having a passion for wanting to provide a safe place even for mm-hmm. these girls. We, uh, our goal or the goal at House of Healing was to have residential for teenage girls, like a temporary place, but we didn't have those homes built yet. Um, that was like the, the envision, you know, for it. So Kathy and my home were the homes that oftentimes oh, wow. if, if girls needed a place or just um, a weekend away or just some time, um, and we worked with the whole family. So mm-hmm. oftentimes we built relationships with the family and we could talk to those parents and say, hey, why don't you let her come stay for the weekend? And it was good on both ends. Those families needed it. Right. We we're trying to help them, and, and then they would stay. And so um, God began to put a, a vision in my heart and in, you know, for Chad and I to open our home and to just to be a safe place temporarily for a girl in need when she needed it. And as we began to kind of dream and think about possibly even moving from where we were living just to another home in Oklahoma City to pr- that would you know be Have better more. for that, mm-hmm. um, God began to change our circumstances where we were. Um, Chad, uh, Chad had a major um, job change that caused us to move to um, Tulsa, the Tulsa area, and um, which was traumatic for you. I'm it sure. was big. It's not it was easy. yeah. It was unexpected, um, but God was in it. It was completely divine. Uh, But we were going to move to the Tulsa area, and we weren't sure where in the Tulsa area we were going to be living, but we prayed, and God landed us in Owasso. 
And we know that there Thank is... Thank you, Laura. <laughs> yes. We know there's a reason exactly where we're located for... Uh, I mean, I could give you a, a list of reasons. Uh, we were looking for a specific home. We wanted a house that uh, would have space for a girl, but also had some other things that would accommodate our kids and also have some uh, boundaries or you know some buffer and everything. And he provided the perfect space for us to be able to do that. And um, what was exciting, we came to Owasso, got settled in here, um, and... Not long after living here, we also um, had to uh, kind of pause for Chad had some health issues and had major heart surgery. Um, and so we, we had another run of this, you know, one thing after another, but mm-hmm. just living in dependence on the Lord and trusting him. And on this side of it, he's doing very well. You know, his heart is in rhythm and he's doing great. He um, just, we've only been here two years and already God has allowed us um, to have uh, two different um, young women uh, stay with us. Totally different circumstances and different situations. Um, but and in addition to that, we've had um, I have another young lady, a single mom, who uh, we've been involved in her life, even though she hasn't lived with us. Uh, but God has continu- continues to put people in our path in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need only be ready and available. Uh, we've said, okay, here we are, God, and that's all you do, just show up, and he will bring them. I mean, he will put these, uh, whoever he means to be in front of you will be there. So Um, going back to when you felt called to ministry, did you feel specifically like for youth, for women, Mm -hmm. just whatever? What's interesting is even as a teenager, I was in 11th grade, um, I, for some reason, youth ministry seemed like something I wanted to do. I was a youth, but I wanted to do youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And back then, and I was, you know, in a small little church and, and just didn't grow up in church, didn't know much about ministry or anything. And, um, I didn't receive a whole lot of guidance of what does that look like for me as a female, as a woman? Right. Um, I kind of learned quickly at that time from what I could tell, I thought, well, that either means missions. I need to go, you know, overseas. I'm going to Africa or, or it felt that way. Or I was going to do children's ministry, but I really thought, man, it'd be cool to do youth ministry. But I didn't know what does that mean for me. What does that look like as mm-hmm. a girl? So I just um, I, I had opportunities to be a youth intern um, at my church. Um, I started going to a larger church that had a little more opportunity and different um, uh, ministries that I could be a part of. Um, and then I went to um, college to I wanted I knew I wanted to teach. I wanted to be in the classroom, and so. I got a degree. I graduated from Texas Tech University with a degree in English and history. And uh, also while I was there, got certified to teach um, secondary. Um, so I could teach 6th through 12th grade. So God, God was putting me with teenagers that way. But I kind of set it off to the side because I just didn't know what that looked like. In the middle of all of that, Chad and I got engaged. And we got married in the middle of college. And then you know, and then I started teaching. And it was um, we had been a part of a young marrieds uh, class at our church in Amarillo that was great. It was wonderful, but we got to this point, both of us thought, we're getting really fat sitting here just being fed and, and poured into, and we were right, we're like, we need to be serving, we need to be doing something. They needed um, a seventh grade, they needed seventh grade Sunday school teachers, so we're like, we could do that. Oh my goodness, when I sat down with those girls for the first time and I got in there, it's as if something awoke inside of me that had just kind of been sitting for a long time, and I was like, oh. I love them and they love me, you know, and this is where I'm supposed to be and we are going to be best friends forever. And I mean, it really, it just was that way. It was wonderful. And I loved them. Um, Chad would go out of town, uh, be gone. And I literally would invite all of the middle school girls to my house. We had a little, a small house. It was not very big. And literally the windows would get fogged because we had so many people (laughs) crammed in there, but we had so much fun, all girls all night, you know, fun parties and stuff. Um, so anyway, that's, I mean, going back to like when I was originally called, I knew I I knew it was teenagers. I just didn't know how to get there. Right. I got to take care of that. 
Mm-hmm. So, one thing that I have talked with you about as just our paths cross and as we get to share God's stories, what's happening, what's God doing in your life, that you, I feel that you have been a great example, and I'd like for you to talk about being willing for God to put divine interruptions in your day, mm-hmm. for you to see this is a divine appointment mm-hmm. and it is not something I'm going to turn away, but I'm going to put everything down and I'm going to yes. do this. I'm going to walk through this open door. So I would love for you to talk about that and encourage our listeners in how mm-hmm. we can learn how to do that and what the blessings are mm-hmm. if we say yes to the Lord and drop our agenda and follow His appointment that He has. So yes. just talk about that um, a little bit. That is the life of a believer, period. That's what we are we are called to do. We are called to lay our lives down, you know, for the Lord. I, you know, I'm not my own anymore. My life belongs to the Lord. And um, all of us, once we, you know, place our faith in Christ and we surrender and make Him Lord of our life, uh, we are His ambassadors. We are um, His servants. We are His missionaries. And we must be obedient to the call on our lives, and that's to go and make disciples. Um, that's to obey Him and keep His commandments. And we do that in every area of our life. Um, it's not. It should never be compartmentalized. It's not something only for Sundays or for Wednesdays or for when I go volunteer at youth camp in the summer. It is from the moment I wake up in the morning until I go to bed at night. It's every person that comes into my path that I'm ready and uh, willing and mm-hmm. living just in a posture of surrender of, of looking for opportunities, being intentional to look and open my eyes, asking God for His grace to open my eyes to see it. And in my house, that starts from the moment I wake up, and the first people I see are my children, my kids, you know, my family. And so they are my ministry. They are the ones that, you know, I'm, I'm pouring into. Um, and then when we walk out our door, wherever we go, it doesn't matter whether we're going to the grocery store, where we're, whether we're going to football, whether we are going to violin. Um, we homeschool, so we a lot of our activities, we leave the house and have to go all over the place and drive places. Um, but something that we are very strategic about at our house and intentional about is we, we plan and, um, organize our schedule and our activities around being available to serve and available to do what God has called us to do. We are careful to leave margin. Um, we are careful to make it a priority. Um, I know that for me, when I moved, one of the hardest things was until I knew where I was going to be at church, where my church family was, where my home base is going to be, right. um, I felt like I couldn't do anything else because that's where it starts. Okay, this is this is the beginning. This is like ground zero for us. Whatever God has us doing serving through our, our local body, through our local church, it starts there. And then we build all our activities around that, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. um, around what God wants us to do. Um, I think leaving margin is so important because wow. you are going to have so interruptions. Um, I remember, um, I, I mean, I could share lots of these little stories, but... Um, one that sticks out to me early on, even when I was still in Oklahoma City, was one day I had dropped Claire off at Mother's Day Out, and I went to the mall, and I had Cole with me. He was just a baby, and at the mall, they had that little play area, you know, for and all the new moms are over there, you know, with their strollers and everything, and I struck up a conversation with this woman. I had never met her, just sitting next to me, and I don't know how or why, but the conversation led to her marriage, and and she just began to share that things weren't really that great, and um, God just opened a door. And right there, even though there were people around and everything, I just asked her, I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah. And we just prayed. And it was one of those moments that um, I just, I saw, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You know, I could have been doing a lot of other things, 
I, you know, that was my, you know, that Mother's Day out time is like gold. That's like, you know, right. me time yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but it was such a sweet time. And um, I never saw her again. But I, I am certain and know that God meant for me to be there and, and to speak some truth to her and to encourage her and just to, to be ready to pray with her. Um, I've had, um, I know that because I went through it, once I went through that postpartum, uh, the double-headed, you know, monster of anxiety and depression, yeah. I was amazed at how many women, once I mentioned that I did that, it's like, I thought, who hasn't gone through this? Oh, I you know. know. We all at some yeah. point, you know, dip into that. And how, um, you know, when you have a friend who is just in a dark place, you just drop everything you go over, you see them, you do their dishes, you spend some time with them, you know, it, it just, that is priority. Nothing else matters. You get a phone call. Well, you're going to pause. You're going to stop what you're doing. Um, one of the one of the things that I love um, the opportunities we have because we homeschool. I can do that. Oftentimes, we will. Um, <clears throat> we had some friends at, at the Calvary campus actually um, who um, needed a ride to the grocery store and just needed help getting groceries. They had a disability to where they were not able to do that on their own. And we were available, and so we just stopped, and we said, I said, kids, get in the car. We're going to go do this. And that was, that was school for the day. We went to the grocery <laughs> store and helped them. They were um, blind, actually. And we were able to walk them through and help them get what they needed and load it all up and take it back. And it was such a blessing and so much fun, you know, to get to be with them. But to, to allow for those interruptions, to practically help people. And when you're living life with people practically that way and you're available, it just is as natural as can be that you're going to build relationships and have conversations, and those divine appointments are going to happen. But you have to be ready and looking for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I keep thinking as I'm talking about this, kind of a um, a good guideline for this is in Philippians, Philippians two, um, that you know uh, Philippians two three and four is a verse in our home that we we say a lot. The kids know it. It's kind of our heartbeat that we we want to um, rally around, and it's do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. And then it goes on to give the example of Christ, you know, that we are to have the mind of Christ, you know, to, be, to walk in humility, um, who humbled himself um, and, and was obedient to the Father to the point of death, death on the cross, you know. And um, that's, that's what we do. We, we need to think not about myself first, but what is going on around me. Look beyond myself in every aspect, whether it's my next door neighbor, mm-hmm. whether it's the family from church who is walking through crisis, whether it's a friend who is lonely, uh, maybe it's a single at your church who, who just needs to be part of a family. Uh, mm-hmm. We've experienced that too. Um, just being ready and available in the every, in the dailiness of life. You know, it's every relationship in the sphere, wherever God has you. It doesn't have to be Africa. It can be Africa, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's right out your front door. You know? yeah. I love how so. you just said that simple <clears throat> phrase, it's in the dailiness of life. Yeah. That is truly the the epitome of what I believe God is wanting us to do. It's mm-hmm. not a big picture. Yes, that we must big picture surrender, but it's the daily surrender mm-hmm. where there's that joy of walking with him day yeah. by day by day. Yes. The dailiness. I just thought about, um, if I, I don't know if I can share this or not, but Please I just do. thought of, I'm, I'm thinking these interruptions and interruptions. You know, as a mom, you know, life is busy. And I, you know, it's so true. My friends that were a little older than me, that had older kids when my kids were babies, they were like, it gets busier. I didn't believe them. Oh, it is so <laughs> true. Um, all the activities. And it's wonderful. Yeah. I love it. It is so fun. 
But, um, I mean, uh, the greatest job we have is to manage all of this. Everybody's schedule and their, you know, activities in, their, in our life, you know, everything. And I remember one night, um, this was right before we moved to Owasso, actually. I had um, a young lady call me who was in college at that time but had been, had participated at House of Healing. And um, and she kind of called me out of the blue. And it was kind of late in the evening. She was like, can you go get coffee? And I remember thinking, uh what do I do here? I really need to be with my family. Do I go? Um, I have to balance that. How much do I leave them and go do stuff sometimes like this? But I went, I met with her and we sat in Starbucks, you know, just, um, down the, down the road in Oklahoma city. And I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought she wanted to catch up and talk. And she was just talking about really feeling unsure about, you know, what, what she should be doing in college and what direction to go. And it just lent itself very well to knowing that, you know, the only way you're going to know which direction to go is uh, with God's help and through seeking him, you know, mm-hmm. have you prayed about this? Have you gone to the Lord about this? Um, and is he the center of your life? Cause that's where it has to start. You know, you will, right. you know, plan everything around, around him. And she began to realize that, um, God was not what he was supposed to be in her life. And we began to talk about the gospel and what that looks like. And she had she had never really surrendered her life to the Lord. And when we got in her car, and uh, we continued to talk, and right there in her car outside of Starbucks, she prayed and placed her faith in Christ. You know, we had we had known her and worked with her for a long time. And then since she did that, she got more involved and even went back, you know, at House of Healing and um and got to participate and volunteer and help, but that right there—that's that's an point. yeah, that's an interruption. Wow. You might think, oh, I'm it's, I'm tired. It's late. It's been a long day. I need to be with my family. Do I really want to get out of the house? It was coffee. This college student just wanted to meet for a little bit, and who knew? Who knew right. that God was doing a work in her heart already? And I just needed to be ready and obedient and go, and have that conversation. I mean, life changing conversation. Right. So, um, just another example I thought of. Um, just then. Beautiful. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So currently you've been working at the Calvary campus that's connected with First Baptist Owasso. Mm-hmm. So what's, what are some things that are happening at that campus right now? Oh man, it is sweet. I just want to say that's the best word I could use to describe what's happening at Calvary. Um, Sundays are sweet. The worship is sweet. Um, there's unity uh, growing and being built there. Um, there is a fun group of us that um, all of us would say we feel like we're the, at some point, maybe the B team or something, but really God has chosen us exactly. (laughs) We're not the B team, but just we're all like, you know, figuring out what are we doing here? This is um, new and different um, uh, because of our location and where we're at in in North Tulsa. We have a unique um, community that we work with, um, a variety of people. We have um, our neighbors in need is what we call them. We have a lot of people experiencing homelessness right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're up there on our campus at any given time, you'll get to meet them and see them. I mean, they hang out. They're around all the time. We have lots of opportunities to visit with them. Um, but it's uh, it's a tremendous place to be right now, and we're all just willing and open-handed. Um, some neat things that have happened um, very quickly since we were there, um, and again, this really goes along with being ready and available. When we moved here to to Owasso and uh, trying to find our place and our footing, one of the things I was trying to do as a homeschool mom is find groups and places for my kiddos, but I felt uh, very strongly that I don't, I didn't know why or how I was meant to be in North Tulsa. And um, I needed to be there during the week somehow. So again, like I said, I was trying to work our schedule around what God was calling us to do and be. So our homeschool schedule needed to somehow provide a way for me to have at least one day where I was free 
to just do whatever it was that, I, that God wanted me to do. I had no idea what that was going to be. I started looking for homeschool groups and co-ops that met in North Tulsa, and I started looking at one. But really what ended up happening is God opened the door for us to start our own homeschool co-op at Calvary. Um, and it was amazing. I could not believe how generous and, um, just open First Baptist Owasso was to everything. They're like, yeah, use the building, come do this. We're Mm -hmm. like, okay. And, uh, Mondays were the day that we chose and, and this all came together. I didn't know why I was supposed to be there, but I was there. I was around and, um, I started, um, I was, I became the resource coordinator for a while there. So that put me on the campus. I was doing some work helping in the children's area and preschool. And usually in those days, it was pretty quiet on the campus. Not many people were around. Um, but then we had some life because of, um, our homeschool co-op, the hub. Well, one of the very first Mondays that we were there, um, an 18 year old girl that was living down the street wandered up to our church. And she buzzed the little buzzer and said, can I talk to somebody? And um, at the time, uh, Bruce Kobler happened to be there. And he came in and he visited with her. And she was just broken and in a, in a hurting place. And he shared the gospel with her. And she prayed and placed her faith in Christ right there. Right there. Um, wow. He comes upstairs to the children's area. And he's like, oh, good, you're still here. And sees me. He's like, I have somebody I want you to meet. And I was like, what? What's going on? And he brought me downstairs. And that's when I first met Raven. And um, Raven and I immediately connected, um, and I was so excited to meet her. She, we talked about the decision she had made, and she lived real close. So I said, what are you doing on Mondays? And she began to meet with me on Mondays, and we just began to get to know each other and talk. And um, our, just building that trust, you mm-hmm. know, but she, she kept coming back. Um, by October, she had started coming to Calvary. She was growing. She was so teachable and ready to learn. You could tell God had done something inside of her that you just you couldn't even explain except that it was God. Um, she found herself around October uh, learning that where she was living, she was no longer going to be able to live, and she had nowhere to go. And she called me and didn't know where, where, what to do. She was trying to go to school. Um, she didn't, you know, she needed a lot of different support and, and some help. And we wanted to come along and help her, but we didn't know what that looked like. And when we learned that she had nowhere else to go, Chad and I, Chad looked at me. He's like, well, we can't let her be homeless. So we said, you're going to come live with us. And so she did. She came and stayed with us. And we researched in our new city and tried to find other resources to begin to help her. But she became a part of our family for that time. And it was incredible. And all this time going to Calvary and she was baptized and our church just wrapped its arms around her. And um, it was really having Raven there was really exciting for us because it was like, it showed us this is why God has us here, you know, just even for that one. Um, She ended up, uh, we were able to help her um, get resources where she uh, got into her own apartment. She was enrolled in school and she got her first job and just watching her also all this, all this time just kind of come to life and kind of heal from some trauma that she had experienced. Sure. Um, And I still even just talked to her this week. Um, I can't even explain for somebody her age and just her circumstances and everything she's been through. She has some wisdom and understanding of who God is, and she knows the Lord. But um, it's a sweet thing to be available, and it was just for a time, for a few months, that we were able to be that resource for her, but we continue to have a relationship with her and to connect her to other resources and, and get her you know, what she needs. The same time, or that same semester, um, one night when we were at um, Underground Coffee, 
Oh, yeah, it was a Friday night. We were at Underground Coffee, yeah. which we is had, a little coffee shop yes, underneath Calvary Baptist Church. It's free coffee Friday nights, live music. It's it's in the basement of Calvary. It's a great fun thing, you know, mm-hmm. to go to. Um, we our all boys have played there yeah, several times. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, we went one Friday night because our our class had gone and packed groceries at the mission, and we we're like, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat and go hang out at the at the um, Underground Coffee. So I get there, and uh, as soon as I walk in, I'm ready to sit down and eat my burrito, and Rob waves me over, Rob Lewis, our, our pastor, and he says, hey, I have somebody I want you to meet, and he starts telling me about this young lady that he had a conversation with, and he said, you really need to talk to her. I think it would be better. Um, she seemed a little unsure and everything, and I said, okay, and he turns around, and he's like, oh, no, she's leaving, and she started to walk out, you know? And I don't know what came over me. I was just like, I'm supposed to talk to her. I don't know who she is, but I'm supposed to. And I was like, well, let's go find her. So Rob and I go like kind of trotting down the hallway, chasing her. And by the time <laughs> we got down the long hallway and up the stairs and out to the parking lot, she was clear across the parking lot. She was living right real close to the church right there. And he hollers her name. And, and then I holler her name. And we're like, I was like, hey, I'd love to talk to you. I want to meet you. And she came back. She walked over. Um, I was like, hey, you want to come sit down and just have coffee and talk? And she looked at me, and she's like, yeah. I mean, like, she, and I know that was the Lord, you know. Yeah. Um, and why she had left is because um, when uh, Robin asked her about, you know, what she did, she was unsure about sharing with him that she was a dancer, that she'd been dancing. And so that got a little uncomfortable. And I was like, let's talk. Let's visit. She came in there, and just some things had been going on in her life, and she was in a very broken place, very uh, confused and upset, and just obviously needing some hope and some encouragement we were able to share the gospel with her, and she prayed and placed her faith in Christ that night. Wow. And we all wow. came in, and I introduced her to several other women that were there that were ours, and we just hugged her and loved on her. That began a relationship with her that was different than what we had um, you know, with Raven. But we have stayed in touch with her and watched God um, put resources into her life to help her um, get um, out from underneath obstacles that were keeping her from being successful. She's a single mom. And um, I actually, um, a friend, a dear friend of mine, Andrea Graver, um, who's the director of an organization called um, Defending Dignity, is on the front lines of helping anyone who might be vulnerable to any sort of trafficking of any sort, or women who are, you know, um, just need some help out. And Andrea had access to resources um, that I didn't have access to and was able to help her to get her to a place where she was able to get a different job. Um, and then she was also able to enroll in school. Um, she was able to get a car. Um, she's a single mom, uh, working and going to school. And we meet with her periodically. And I just, I recently was recounting uh, something that she said to us, this young lady. Um, she said, my life has completely changed ever since I met you guys. And what was really neat is Andrea pointed out to her, she said, um, it's God who has changed your life. And, um, she remembers the, it was the night that we met and she said, do you remember it's when you, when you placed your faith in Christ and, um, our girl, she just kind of had this aha moment realizing this is all God. God has done this because I made a decision to make him Lord of my life. Mm -hmm. Things are happening. And my life is turning around. So, um, and it's not over. I mean, we're in there, you know, and it's hard. It's up and down. And sometimes there's setbacks and there's strongholds. And I'm sure it's messy. It's very messy. <laughs> and um, Ministry would, is messy. It is very messy. And, and something I would encourage anyone who um, 
works in, in this capacity with, with any person, you know, is to remember that it's not up to us to save anyone or to even necessarily rescue them. That's the Lord. Only the Lord can do that. We must really uh, be willing to be obedient to what he tells us to do. And uh, that's something that I learned at House of Healing, and I was just sharing this with Andrea that really uh, stuck with me. There was a, an instance where uh, something had happened um, with a young lady where we felt discouraged and we, you know, the mentor even felt like she had failed, you know, and because there was a setback and, and some things. And God showed us and we remembered that our success is not based on the decisions that these girls make or, you know, any person makes. Our success is based on our obedience to God. Mm, Have we good. obeyed Him, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's so hard mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. working with, Mm-hmm. Things that get messy where you feel like, yeah. but I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it really isn't up to us. It's That's really right. not our doing. Yes. But sometimes it is hard when you see them kind of start to slip or fall that you yes. feel responsible somehow. And you know what? Isn't it interesting that goes along with parenting? Completely. That's I mean, true. how many times if your kids, you know, are, you know, struggling or, or making some mistakes, you know, parents beat themselves up and think, oh, it's my fault. Where did I go wrong? Or they mom guilt, you know, right. all of that. Um, and we're also real quick, you know, maybe even that when our kids are successful and doing well, to give ourselves a pat on the back, you know, uh, truly it's all God's grace. Right. Um, truly. But as a parent, I, I know, all I know is that I must, I must abide in God. I must abide in Christ. I must abide in his word. I must walk in obedience with him. And if I have done that, you know, I have to answer for my obedience to God. Am I, have I done what he said to do? I can stand on that. Mm-hmm. I can rest in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I heard on another podcast recently, they were talking about getting discouraged when people slip like that too. Mm -hmm. And she said, God's just told me that my job is just to love the person right in front of me Yeah, every time. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That's real good. Definitely. I love your passion. Listeners, I wish you could just see the passion in Paula's eyes when she's talking and the joy of serving the Lord. (laughs) It is exuding from you, and I love that, and it's exciting to be reminded how important it is just to obey God, Mm -hmm. just to obey in whatever that changed agenda may be. And I love that you said we need to leave margin. Mm -hmm. Wow, we don't do that very well. No, we're too busy. In our day-to-day, I know. It's just, Mm -hmm. that's something I struggle with, and... It's great to be thinking right now. I need to allow room so God can bring those conversations in my path. And, mm-hmm. and then who knows what he will do with that. Yeah. It's unknown. Thank you so much for sharing. This was very meaningful. Oh, I'm, I, I mean, love this. this. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, so. before we wrap it up, we would love for you to let our listeners know any um resources that you mm-hmm. would recommend or scriptures that have been great Definitely. or anything like that or okay. just final words of advice you want to leave with us. Okay. Um, absolutely. Um, there, are, you know, scripture is just so full of, of gold. Yes. I'm like, I really don't understand how anybody lives outside of it or without it because it is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really does hold um, the answers and it's our instruction manual for life. It tells us who God is. It tells us who we are. Um, I would say um, one of my all-time favorite verses, and it really, it's funny, it stems back even to high school, but through different seasons of my life, it has just um, meant something different to me, and it's Romans 12, uh, 2, um, actually starting back with verse 1, you know, I, I urge you, therefore, um, 
and view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. And verse 2 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. Um, Through doing ministry with um, teenagers, with young ladies, and and even women, in my own battle with my own mind, I'm convinced that um, our thought life, and where we let our mind go mm-hmm. is key. I mean, it's all through Scripture, you know, that um, everything begins with what's going on in your mind. And so to guard our hearts and to guard our mind, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Mm-hmm. You know, Scripture says, um, but we are changed. We are transformed with our mind. I recently, um, our women at Calvary, we just went through learning how to study God's Word for ourselves using a tool, a book by Jen Wilkins um, called um, Women of the Word. And it's loving God with all our mind and our hearts. And um, she, I love Jen. I recommend any of her resources, but that's a great book to get your hands on because it teaches you how to study God's Word for yourself, which we must do mm-hmm. um, in this world where you can Google anything and we have everything at our fingertips and there's, there's so many opinions and lots of experts and information. We must know what the Word says because otherwise, how are we going to know who to trust when right. we get on the Internet and we start researching and looking? Um, so we need to be strong in our knowledge. And she talks a lot about how important it is to love God with all our mind. She has this, um, in the beginning of the book, I love this little saying. She says, uh, mind over heart. Or actually, let me back up. She says, God before me, mind before heart. And what she says is whenever we are, a lot of times as women, we tend to open up God's word and we immediately just start to look for ourselves in there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what does this have to say about me and where I'm at in my situation and my problem? And it does. It will address that. But the right way to approach scripture is to first remember it's a book about God. And any scripture that we look at asks, well, what does this say about God? What does this say about his character and who he is? Because from there, when you start there, it's going to automatically reach your heart and change your heart. And it's going to help you understand yourself. So there has to be a proper order when we look at at God's word and starting with our mind and then our heart, letting it affect. So that's a resource that I absolutely love right now. Um, And I I think is really important. I would love um, when I mentor or work with any young lady, if I can somehow pass on a passion or a desire for her to study God's word for herself, that's key. Um, Another resource that I really love, um, I'm really into is the gospel comes with a house key by Rosaria Butterfield. She talks a lot. I get to hear her speak. I know. I know I got to see her um, at that same conference. Yes. Um, I love that she she very well explains how important it is for us to spend time with people who are not like us, who are different from us, who maybe even don't like us, you know? Or maybe we don't like. What does it look like to share the table, to open our home, to open our lives, um, and that's where you can hear it in that title. The gospel comes with a house key to, you know, not just necessarily my home, but my life, opening my life up to other people, you know, to be willing to take chances, to step out, to take risks. Um, God does not call us to a comfortable life. That's not what being a Christian is about. It's about, um, it's an adventure. It's about taking chances. Yeah. It's about stepping out of your comfort zone and doing the hard things, you know, mm-hmm. um, and in the dailiness of our lives. And as moms, you know, we could do that as, um, as friends, as leaders in our church, you know, in our workplace, wherever we go at school, um, that can be happening. Um, and, I already said Philippians 2. I just, I love that verse. That's a a verse to live by. Um, 
I think also a great resource is anything by Elizabeth Elliot. Oh, I love oh, Elizabeth yes. Elliot. She look up Elizabeth Elliot and what she has to say on suffering. You just she she's suffered a lot herself. Yeah. She's a great resource. So those are those are some that um that come up to my mind immediately that are my favorites. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Those are wonderful. I've just loved everything you've shared so much. <laughs> I, I just love being with you, being around you, Paula. I just thank you so much you. for your passion for the Lord and your enthusiasm and willingness to share. I just hope that our listeners are as blessed by this conversation as I've been. <laughs> so, well, thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't she fantastic? I adore her. And I love her heart for hospitality and how she just takes people in. And they purposely looked for a house so that they could do that. And I just think that is a ministry in itself. Absolutely. Something that I loved about Paula's story was that she talked about how what she does purposefully with her children every day and with herself every day. She has the mindset of Romans 12, 1 and 2, which is the heart of that verse is, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That the way we really can serve the Lord and offer our lives as a sacrifice to Him, the way we can truly honor Him, it starts with renewing our mind day by day in His Word. And so I feel like that's one of the most important nuggets of wisdom that Paula shared today. I also love Paula's story. And we didn't go as deep into her story, her background, as some of you might be curious to, to know, and if you would like to hear a little bit more about Paula's salvation experience and her teenage years and walking with the Lord and, and college, you could actually hear that story on the Uniquely Beautiful Stories podcast and just look in the show notes for Paula Cummings and you could hear her story there as well. And that podcast, Uniquely Beautiful Stories, is hosted by my cousin, Heather McInear, who's a beautiful, godly woman, and she has a great podcast. So that's a neat way to hear more about Paula if you would like to do so. And we are just excited about what we have coming for you in 2020. So stand by because it's going to be a great year and have a good day.